good morning again. Um, Daryl is on vacation. And once again, I was not invited. I'm really beginning to question this relationship because this is like three or four times now in a row that um, he has told me I would get to go, and yet I remain here. So I don't know what's up with that guy, but anyway, um, he's like in a cabin or in the snow or something this morning. I'm, I'm not real sure. Uh, there is no children's church today, and there is no warehouse worship. So it's going to be us uh, all together, and uh, we, won't, we won't be here too long. So uh, hopefully uh, we'll make it this morning. If you've got your Bibles, look in Proverbs with me in chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, and I want to read a few verses beginning in verse 5. Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled until they're overflowing, and your vats will fill over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Go back to verse 5. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. I was thinking about this, and Daryl told me he was going to be gone today, and um, I thought, man, there needs to be a name for this day. You know, the, the week between Christmas and, and New Year's, and, and there's just not. There's, there's, you know, unless there's something that I'm not aware of. Um, we don't have an official name for today, and it's kind of like, what do you do with today? Um, so I thought, well, let's just get a head start, okay? Let's get a head start on the new year um, because most of us have had enough 2020, right? Most of us are good, okay, with all that 2020 had to offer, and um, next week, um, we'll hear a lot of people talk about what's going to be different in 2021. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to start this. I'm going to start that. We'll hear a lot of people talk about their resolutions for the new year. And so I'll look some up, Okay. And Jeremy, if we can put up the, the top three resolutions, okay, every year. Number one, to lose weight. Number two, save money, get out of debt. And number three, learn a new skill, like pick up a second language or learn to play an instrument or, uh, you know, whatever the case might be. Raise your hand if you've ever made one of those resolutions, one of those three, okay? All right, you're in good company. A lot of people do that, okay? Then I looked up. Go ahead, Jeremy. 
the three most often failed New Year's resolutions. And they were exactly the same, in the same order, even. Okay? The average New Year's resolution lasts six days. Six days. Now, they tell us to develop a new habit, to really make a change in your personality or in the way that you go about things in life. You need 90 days, 90 days of consistency, <coughs> excuse me, to really uh, do something differently. Six days. Six days. Why don't resolutions work? Why do they only last six days? I mean, they sound good, right? You know? <coughs> Melvin Bryan and I last year resolved never to watch another Dallas Cowboy game. We've suffered through all of them this year. We'll go home and do it again today. Why don't New Year's resolutions stick? Why, why don't they work? Well, I think it's because my New Year's resolutions all depend on me. They're, they're a product of my thoughts and my imagination, what I want to do, what I aspire to do, and if I make these resolutions, then, then I'm saying I have the ability to accomplish them. I'm able to do this. I just haven't ever done it before. Okay? It's all a product of me. It's all a product of self. We can look at those definitions, Jeremy, uh, between resolution and revelation. And that's what I want us to look at this morning for just a moment. I think there's a big difference between a resolution and a revelation. Okay? Next slide, please. Not that slide. Not that slide. I resolve to always have the right slides in my presentations. Okay? That's, that's, that's a good example. See, I did that on purpose, okay? I did, I did that intentionally to give you a, a visual illustration this morning. A resolution, okay, is something that someone thinks they can do in and of themselves, right? Okay, you don't make a resolution for somebody else, right? Now, some of you ladies make resolutions for your husbands. I get that. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. A resolution is something that I think I can do in and of myself. A revelation is the perfect will of God delivered to those that follow him. The perfect will of God shown and explained to us regular average people. We get in on the secret. And we, we've heard so much about everything that, frankly, was not what we wanted the last year. All of the, the, the illness and the, the, just the, the many, many different things that we've had to contend with over the last year. And 2021 has got to be different. Well, who's going to make it different? 
Those that were in charge of 2020? I don't think so. We, we've got to, to be a people. In fact, I would go so far this morning as to say that the Christian should not make resolutions, but the Christian should act with absolute resolve when God reveals his will to us. When God lets us in on his plan, when God uh, tells us the things that are on his agenda and his schedule, whether it be for a new year or a new uh, place that, that uh, we find ourselves, a new situation, whatever the case might be, when God reveals his will to us, we should act with resolve to see that come to pass. And we should be thankful for the opportunity to be a part of that this morning. That's what um, Solomon was saying in Proverbs when he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Okay? He's saying don't settle for the resolution that let's be honest with one another is going to be over with in six days. Don't let that be your aim point in 2021, but strive instead to reach the revelation of God and know not what's on your mind, but what's on his mind. Because we know that's right, we know that's perfect, we know that's good. The things that I may be resolved to do will have flaws, will have inadequacies, will have things that are lacking. But when God reveals what it, what's on his mind and what's on his heart, then we can trust that. We can know that's exactly the steps that we need to be taking. How do we do that this morning? How, how do we get away from the resolution mentality where it's a product of what we can do to the revelation mentality where we're excited to see and to hear and to learn what God is really up to? How do we trust the Lord, okay, and not lean on our own, on our own understandings? Seven things I want to share real quickly with you this morning. And the first one is this. You have to resign as the CEO of your world. If you're really going to trust God with all of your heart, then you have to resign as the general manager of your universe. Paul said, I daily die to self. I daily put myself aside. I daily put my life aside, and I completely, 100%, devote my time, energy, talents, efforts, monies, every other resource that I may come across. It's all about him. It's all about him. When Paul wrote to the, to the church at Corinth, he referred to us as ambassadors of Christ. Think about that term. Think about the term that he uses there. What's an ambassador do? You know, really, is it just somebody that goes around ambassing? I don't know. What, what does an ambassador do? An ambassador represents that who has sent him. Okay? An ambassador of the United States does not go to a foreign country and take that individual's own agenda and own priorities and things that he or she want to see come to place. No, they take the agenda of our nation to that other country and make sure that it's upheld. 
They don't speak for themselves. They speak for us. And Paul said when we trust Christ as our Savior, that's the role that we automatically inherit. We become ambassadors of Christ. Okay? We, we seek to do his will. We seek to live for him and no longer for ourselves. I think this is what Jesus meant when he encountered Paul on the road to Damascus. And, and I always wondered what, that, what this phrase meant when, when Jesus said, Paul, why are you always kicking against the goats? Why, why are you always fighting me, Paul? Why are you always working so hard at your thing when you could be doing my thing? And it's a mental, emotional heart change that the Christian has to make, and it's a tough one. I think that's why it's first on the list. Because if we're real honest this morning, we like to be self-sufficient. We like to think we've got things pretty well in hand and pretty much under control. And if a crisis comes along, we can handle it. We've done the things to prepare. We have resources built up. We've got a little money in the bank. Whatever the case might be, okay, I'm not just flying around aimlessly in life. I have a plan and I have a purpose and, and, and I, can, I, can, uh, I can take care of my life. And that's the opposite mentality that Solomon was talking about this morning. It's tough. So one of the things is that I think is most difficult in the Christian life is to truly sell out for God and to no longer consider what's on your schedule, but to com be completely um, dedicated to what's on his. Resign is the CEO of your world. Number two this morning. You have to talk to God more often than you talk to anyone else. Ugh. Some of us like to talk. If you think about that now, just, just track your day a little bit. Think about the number of words you use in an average day. That's a lot. I forget one time when Chandler was a baby, we went to Jeff Glass's office for a checkup. And the nurse was there, and she said, okay, I don't remember how old he was exactly, but she said, okay, by this age, he should have a vocabulary of roughly 2,000 words. Do you think he does? And I said, yes, ma'am, and if you'll wait just a second, you'll hear all of them, you know. Some of us like to talk. How can we truly trust the Lord with our own understanding if we're having dialogue and having conversations other places more than we are with him. You know, you, you think about the life of Jesus and the time that he spent alone, away from the disciples, by himself, in nothing but prayer. Nothing but just talking to his father. And then you stop and realize, wow, if he did that, if it was that important to him, 
How much more do I need to do that? So I, I would encourage us this year as, as we begin, okay, to really stop and quantify how much time we're spending, again, on a daily basis. These things, unfortunately, this morning that we're talking about are not one and dones, okay? You don't get to, to pray today and go, okay, Lord, see you next year. It's not one of those kinds of things, okay? How much time are we spending daily, okay, truly talking and truly interacting with God? Number three, along with talking and probably more importantly, we've got to listen. We've got to listen. Don't you love those people that when you're talking to them, you're engaged in a conversation, you can tell they're just waiting for you to shut up so they can say something else? They're actually formulating what they're about to say while you're talking. They're not listening, not one bit. They've already made up their mind, and they, all they really need to do is convince you. And I'm afraid sometimes when I examine my prayer life, that's the way I am with God. I got a lot to say, Lord, okay, and I, and I, and I need to hurry. Here it is. Here's my list, Okay. Lord, I, I really need this, and I really need that, and I really hope that you'll be here when I go to do this, and, and on and on and on and on and on and on and on, and thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Okay? And God's going, mm, excuse me. I really had something I needed to tell you, but you didn't listen. You didn't listen. The only way we're going to be able to do that is to rearrange our personal schedules in such a way that we dedicate time to do simply that, to listen to God. Both in our prayer life and our Bible study time, uh, what, in, in different ways that, that your day is organized, we need to make sure that not only are we talking to God, but we're listening to when he responds to us. What a cool thing. What an awesome thing to know that you can be any place in the world, speak any language that you want to speak. Not only does God hear that and understand it, but he responds. One of the most frustrating things in the world to me today are automated phone systems. Because people don't talk back. You know? I just, I have a question. I want to ask you something. I want you to tell me something. I don't want to have to push another number. And God doesn't do us that way. He immediately responds to us when we cry out to him, but we've got to take time to listen to what he says. Number four, don't skip the basics. And that's what we've been talking about, really, haven't we? We're not talking about earth-shattering uh, uh, new pieces of information this morning. We're talking about fundamentals. We're talking about spending time in prayer. We're talking about spending time in communion with the Holy Spirit. Letting God really come into our, our lives and our minds and our thoughts and our hearts and tell us things that he wants us to know. The other basic is simply being in the Word. Being in, uh, active in our church life. Those kinds of things, they're, they're not new to us this morning, but they're fundamental. And when we neglect and negate those things, we don't have any chance whatsoever 
to really get to another level with God and give him all of our heart and really trust uh, what he's telling us to do this morning. Don't skip the basics. The basics sometimes get monotonous, don't they? Fundamentals. I mentioned, you know, Melvin and I, we've been struggling this year because our team hadn't done real well. And a lot of people on television talk about the defensive scheme of the Dallas Cowboys not being real sound. I don't have any, I don't have a clue. I just know they can't tackle, you know. I just know when the guy has the football, they don't stop him, you know. They, they've skipped some fundamentals. They've skipped some basics. And you can have every scheme and you can have every plan and you can have every good intention that you want to have, but when you do not give attention to the basics, none of those things work. Don't skip the basics. Number five, check yourself against the book. Check yourself against the book. God was so good to us that he did not leave us to our own thoughts and our own ideas. He was so good to us that he had somebody write it down. Because he knew we, we couldn't make it without that. Um, you know, Christmas time, some of you dads, your kids get toys and they get um, different things for Christmas and those things have the three most dreaded words in the English language written on the box. Some assembly required. Okay? First of all, they have lied. Because it's not some assembly. No. No, it's a thousand parts. Okay? All looking like the last part. Some assembly required. And I know this would be hard for you to believe this morning, but I wasn't really good at that because um, I have no dexterity, I have no mechanical skill, and I have absolutely zero patience with something that does not work right now. And so if we took the kid's toy out of the box and it wasn't ready to go, it just wasn't always a Merry Christmas at our house, okay? Because I wanted it done. I wanted it done in a hurry. And so I began to try to force things together. And I kind of have a duct tape mentality, you know? If the tab A doesn't fit into the tab B, a little duct tape will work. And that, y'all, I just, I just got to confess this morning, I was wrong. It didn't, it didn't work. It didn't work. And then your kids are crying, and your wife is mad, okay? And the toy is broke, and you can't return it. It's just not good, okay? It's just not good. So I vowed that my children would not be like me. So I went and bought some that don't have my DNA to keep that from happening. And my son is not like me. 
He can assemble anything. He's an engineer. That's his thing. The more parts, the better. Loves it. Loves it. Very, very good at that kind of junk. But as gifted and as talented as he is at it, he'll work on something, and then he'll go look at the directions. And he'll work on something else. He'll go back. Let me check that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he gets finished, and it looks like it's supposed to look. And it actually functions. It actually works. But he's always checking against the standard. He's always checking against that which has been proven in the past to work. He doesn't lean to his own understanding, even though he's got some ability in that area. He's always checking back against the manual. God would have us do that in our lives. With every decision, with every situation that comes before us, every time that we have to do something that may stretch us just a little bit, take time to check your move against the book. Number six, run from evil. You might think the most important word in number six is evil, but it's not. The most important word is run. Okay? Run. It denotes something, doesn't it? It has a connotation to it. It's got a, it, it, it rings a bell in our minds when we hear the word run. That means go now, fast, hard, get away. Okay? Number six doesn't tell us to simply uh, move away from evil. The scripture says to flee evil, right? Okay? Same, same word almost. Same meaning, okay? It means to do something with urgency. To do something uh, that's deliberate. To get as far away as we have the ability to get from that which we know is not good for us. And I think one of the things that Satan likes to do with us as the year progresses, and as maybe we don't remember the points in the sermon as well as we did the day that, that we had it, we quit running. We quit running. Pretty soon we're jogging from evil. And man, evil's getting closer. And before you know it, we're walking. And now evil's right there step for step with us. This is something that we have to have a mindset about, that when God points out something to us, and you know, the word evil this morning can go any place that you need it to go. It can be something as simple and benign as a bad habit, uh, not taking care of yourself physically, um, eating the wrong foods, to any big, black, dark, horrible sin we want to talk about this morning. Anything that, that God in his infinite wisdom tells us through the Holy Spirit is not the best for us would fit under the category of evil. And God says, when I present those things, when I make you aware of those things, get out of there. Get out of there. I never forget being up in the, in the Smoky Mountains on vacation one year, and we see these little bear cubs up there, and we get out of the car, 
man, we are being so quiet, walking so slow, so that we can get close to the bear, because they're cute. I really think I can get one. It'll fit in the van. You know, that's really my thought. Okay? That was our demeanor. That was our body language. Slow and quiet. When the mama bear came down, our body language changed. We didn't walk away slowly. We got out of the woods because that was going to hurt us. You have to make a change. You have to make a deliberate change when God reveals things to us on any point along the scale that says, this is not my best for you. Run away from it. And run just as hard and fast as you've ever run from anything. Number seven, last one. We'll be through. When we do these six things, then we have to know that God is in control. I'm, I'm going to let you in on a secret, okay? This is the fine print. Doing these six things, even faithfully, daily, without exception, won't make 2021 a perfect year. It just won't. Things are going to go wrong. People that we love will still get sick. Things that we're not expecting are still going to happen. We're going to be disappointed from time to time. These six things do not provide us with a, a guarantee of perfection. What it provides us is the ability to leave all of those things in the more than capable hands of the Lord. Got to be able, once we do what God calls us to do, and we do it to the best of our abilities every single day, and we truly sell out the way that he wants us to, then we've got to be able to sit back and say, okay, Lord, now the results are up to you. I, I've done what you've asked me to do. I really believe that. I, I've searched my heart, and, and I've tried to get me out of the way, and, and I've, I've done the things that I believe you call me to do. Now, what happens is on you. And even when I don't understand the results, and even when the results look differently than I might have written them had I been the one writing the script, even when things go a different way than I might have anticipated, I've got to be able at the end of the day to do what that word really indicates, to rest. When I rest, okay, I don't worry. And when I rest, I, I, I don't scheme. I don't try to plan. I don't try to come up with a, with a solution. Okay, when I rest, I give it over. And I let God take care of it. 
And I can do that. I can know that. I can know that it's going to be okay. I can know that ultimately he will do the very best, not by my standards, not by the world's standards, but by the only standard that matters and the only standard that has never, ever been tarnished, and that's his. I can rest there. I can let it go. I can take a deep breath. We were in life group this morning, and uh, the uh, lesson for us was about David when he was running from uh, people that were trying to kill him. And, and he just told God, he said, man, I am tired of this. I, I, need, I need you to take care of this. And the people that he had befriended, man, they just, they were, they were horrible to him. People that he prayed for and cared about, people that he gave the clothes off his own back to, they were in line trying to get him. He said, I don't, I don't understand all that. I don't understand why I genuinely try to do the right things, and yet I'm still having to deal with all this. But at the end of the day, you know what David said? He said, I'm going to praise the Lord. He said, I'm going to worship God. Because the worst that I could get from God is better than the best I could ever come up with on my own. You ever thought about that? God doesn't give us his worst. He always gives us his best. But even if he did, the worst we could get for with him and from him is still miles ahead of anything I could ever create on my own. And I can rest in that. I can know it's not dependent on me. I can know that after six days and I forgot what my resolution was, I can still trust the sovereignty of God. Forsake resolutions because they're about us. Don't be satisfied with anything less than the revelation of Jesus Christ. If you'd stand with us this morning, we're going to pray together, and then we'll be dismissed. Um, I don't think there's anything midweek this week. If I'm wrong, check um, uh, Facebook and stuff, and, and I'm sure it will show up there, but I don't think there's anything going on there. Um, uh, regular services next Sunday and uh, don't forget uh, the offering boxes are in the back um, if, you, if you need to take care of that this morning and if you need anything else today uh, I'll hang around for a second and I may not know the answer but uh, I, I bet we can find it so I'll be happy to visit with you uh, if you need anything this morning but we'll pray together and then we'll be dismissed Father, we're grateful today that, um, the, as the psalmist said, your mercies are new every morning. And that, God, we do have opportunities in our lives to um, uh, have things corrected that we've let uh, get out of order. Uh, we have opportunities in our lives to have fresh starts. Uh, God, our prayer is this morning that we would realize that None of those things can be dependent upon us. They all have to be uh, a product of you.
God, if, if we try to do it, if we try to orchestrate it, if we try to put it together, um, it, it's, it's just going to, it's just going to flee and, 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 and we, it won't be here, Father. But if it's something that you do, then we know that it has eternal value and eternal wealth. And, and so, God, we, we ask you to help us uh, to strive for that today. Be with those, Father, that are traveling today. We know we have so many. We ask you to protect them. We ask you to protect those, Father, uh, in our church family and in our communities, Father, uh, that are dealing with uh, serious, serious illness today. And As we said earlier, Father, a lot of these things we don't understand, but we can trust you, and we can trust that you are still the great physician. And, uh, God, so we commit these uh, to you today. Uh, all these things we pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.